Thank you so much uh, for being uh, for allowing us to be here today. We thank you for each one that is here. God, we just pray that uh, you would just be lifted up, that you would be honored, that you would be glorified in our worship today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
like a hurricane, I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory, and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us
of heaven where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets to look upon the one who bled to save me and walk with him for all eternity there will be a day when all will bow before him there will be a day when death will be no more standing face to face with he who died and rose songs of faith we sang through doubt and fear in the end we'll see that it was worthy when he returned to wipe away our tears there will be a day when all will bow before him a day when death will be no more standing face to face with he who died and rose again holy holy is the lord and on that day we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain and on that day we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain forever he shall
you have your Bible, Hebrews chapter 13, 10 through 14. Hebrews chapter 13, 10 through 14, almost obviously to the end of Hebrews as we go through the book on Sundays. 13, 10 through 14. Let, let me do this. The scripture will be on the screen. You've got your scripture in your lap, however you do that. Uh, let me do this, uh, do a little explanation first before do the little backward I usually read the scripture and then let me explain it a little bit and it'll make more sense to you, I think, as you read through it with me. Uh, the book of Hebrews written to Hebrew people. These are, these are people who were Hebrew, Israelites, who were Jewish and had been converted to the Christian faith. And so over, over, over and over in the book, you see the a re recurring refrain of, of don't go back to Judaism. Uh, uh, hang on to your Christian faith, you know, things like that. So the difference between Judaism and Christianity is talked about a lot. I know that's not really an issue to today where we live, okay? I, I get that. And so what we do is, is we're using the, uh, the, the instruction, the exhortation to to uh, hang on to your Christianity, to run the race, to you know, not give up over and over. Scripture has been talking about that in, 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 in this book. Uh, so he's going to use an analogy of, analogy of Judaism again for the Scripture in 10 through 14. In uh, the Jewish faith, what they would do, of course, the, the priests would sacrifice the sacrifice the animals. In this case, it's going to be a bull and a lamb. They would do the sacrifices, the blood. He's going to refer to, he doesn't do it by name, but he's going to refer to the Day of Atonement, and you'll see that as we go through. He's going to re refer to the Day of Atonement. On one day in the year, whatever day it was, the, the priest would take one bull and one lamb and they would sacrifice the bull and the lamb on the altar inside the temple, but then they'll take the body outside the camp, and you'll see that phrase. So they'll sacrifice the blood inside, but they'll take the body outside the camp to be burned. And, and the pastor is using an analogy of that and what Jesus did. He is now our, he is our sacrifice, and he was sacrificed outside the camp, outside the walls, for instance. When Jesus was crucified on Golgotha, Mount Calvary, that's outside the city walls of Jerusalem, outside the camp. Okay, so when you read the phrases, maybe it'll make a little more, a little more sense to you. When that pastor was speaking to that church in that day, they were almost all... Israelites converted to Christianity, they knew exactly what he meant, okay? Now, again, I realize that what all I just said doesn't really mean a lot to you, but we're going to use an, that as an analogy of other things in our life that do, uh, af do affect us and our Christianity. Okay, I hope that was a little bit of explanation. I hope it make a little more sense to you as we read through. So we'll begin with verse 10. We, as Christians, we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. So the priests, 
who serve the tabernacle in that day, as long as that's where their salvation comes from, you know, as long as that's it, uh, we have an altar who is Jesus Christ crucified outside the camp. We have an altar, the, the sacrifice of Christ, which as long as the uh, Judaism, as long as the sacrifice of animals, if you think that's what's going to save you, as long as you're convinced of that, then you can't have Jesus and that both. I think that's a good way to put it. You can't have Jesus and that both. So we have an altar, Jesus, from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat as long as they insist on their sacrifice being what saves them. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. That's the day of atonement. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate, was crucified outside the walls. Therefore, let us go forth to him. Let's go to him. Let's go. The, the analogy, the picture is, let's go outside the gate to him. Let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Our, uh, this is not our home. If I, could, if I could summarize that last verse, for we're, here we have no continuing city, for we seek the one to come. This is not our home. We have, we have another home on the way. We have another home that we're on our, on our way to. All right. Uh, it'd be easy to say, you know, what's that have to do with us? Because we're not Jews. You know, we don't sacrifice. And the pastor was, uh, was preaching currently. Okay, he was preaching to a crowd where that was an issue. And there's no question at all in my mind that he was speaking to a crowd who's coming out of Judaism. Here's the thing. They're coming out of Judaism. They're converted, converted to Jesus. They're, he is their sacrifice now. But, you know, most of their friends are still Jews. Maybe a lot of their family are, are, are still Jews. We don't know. But we, we do know, uh, without the specifics, we do know that, that, that Christianity was, was just starting as, as a foothold. Almost everybody around, everybody, was Jews, were Jews. And Christianity started, and there's, a, there's another way. And there's the way. And Jesus is now the sacrifice. And you don't need to be sacrificing the animals. And, and you know, it, 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 it takes a little while. It takes a little while. Yeah. Well, you know, when I sacrifice the animals, the truth is nothing ever changes in my life. It, it's not, I mean, I'm going through the motions, but nothing's changing. I don't, and I hate to use the word feel, but to feel is part of our life. And, and it is an emotion, and emotion is part of our life. That's not all there is to it. But I don't feel any different. It's not affecting me. It's not changing me. And Jesus comes along, and he starts to preach, and his disciples start to preach. There's another way, and there's a way that will absolutely change your life. And it did, and it, and it did. 
But everybody else around them were still Jews or whatever else that, that they were. And there's this, there's this pull, oh, all that Christianity stuff, that's just new. It's not going to last. Come back to where you were. Come back to the sacrifices. Come back to the temple. And so the book of Hebrews goes over. No, hang on. Stay in the race. Don't give up. Okay, Judaism isn't our thing. Right? It's not what's pulling us back. It's not what's holding us back. You don't ever even think about it. All right? You got to preach current. Every generation, every generation, every person, I guarantee you, now you, I'm, I'm going to need you to think about this because this may not have dawned on you and you may not have seen it and you may not be seeing it happening to you right now. But there's going to be something in every generation and every person, every Christian, every person's going to have to deal with this. There's always going to be something trying to draw you away from Jesus. Okay? There's always going to be something trying to draw you away from Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. It's not going to be Judaism for us. And maybe there are other parts of the, the country that is an issue still. I, I know it's not here. But there's something here. And for us, I doubt that it's probably hardly the same thing for any of us. It, it, it could be. It may not be. There's something, though, that's always working on you, holding you back, drawing you back, trying to uh, take your attention away from, trying to take your love away from. It could be, and it doesn't have to be, you know, what was going on there. It was a religion, and you, you don't think of that as an incredibly evil thing. And it's, 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 it's probably easy for us. Okay, if I'm going to think of that thing in my life that's, that's drawing me away from Jesus, trying to pull me back, that means it's got to be an evil thing. No, it doesn't. In, 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 in fact, most of us aren't really wrestling with the evil thing. Most of us aren't wrestling with, with good and bad. Now listen, listen closely. Most of us, especially the closer to Jesus, and don't let me get too far away from what I was just going to say, you might think that the more mature of us in Christ, we don't have to deal with it anymore. That's not true. There's never going to be a time you don't have to deal with it anymore. I'm telling you, every generation, every person, it's always been, it always will be, there's something trying to draw you away from who Jesus is, from a relationship with him. And don't you think, don't you ever think that the more mature you get, the closer you get to him, that somehow you're ever going to get past that. No, you're not. It just changes. Now, I completely forgot where I started, and you said you'd help me get back, and you, you're not going to because you forgot where I started. But, but along the way, it's always going to be something. Oh, I, I got it now, the evil. You think it's, it, well, it's got to be the evil thing. No, it doesn't. In fact, the, the closer we get, the less evil it seems, that thing that's pulling us away. You think, well, it's got to be, it's, since there's good and bad, it's got to be the bad that's pulling us away. No, it doesn't. 
It can, be, it can be a good thing. It can be a good person. It can be a good thing. It can be a good event, but it's not the best. See, the closer you get to Jesus, it's not so much good and bad, sin and righteousness. You know, it's not always so much that. I, I have to tell you, I have absolutely no uh, inclination whatsoever to get drunk. I just don't, okay? I have absolutely no temptation whatever to steal from you. If you put an illegal drug in front of me, that is absolutely no temptation. If you put any drug in front of me, that is abs there's absolutely no temptation for that. So does that mean that, you know, I could go on down the list. Does that mean that, that nothing tempts me? Absolutely not. That's not what that means. It just means that me and a lot of you have, have, have kind of gotten past that, that really what we think of as the evil, but I guarantee you there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that Satan will use to draw me away and some of you. And it's not bad, but it's not the best. And so what the devil does is he uses a good thing to draw you away from the best thing. So it's not Judaism. For me, it's not alcohol. It's not stealing. I haven't, I'm sorry, it's just the truth. I haven't had a temptation to cuss in, I don't remember the last time. Or I, I, now some of you say, well, I, I, don't, I don't care what it is, you know. If you have a temptation, let me move on. I just don't, but I've got a whole host of things that I wrestle with. And that tempt me. And that try to draw me back. Well, you know, is a temptation for a good thing bad? Yeah. If it draws you away from the best. There's always something. There's always someone. Trying to draw you away from Jesus. I'm telling you that's the truth. Now, if you're sitting here this morning and you say, well, I don't know what it is, then you need to be start thinking about it because it's got you and you don't know it. Okay? It has got, if you don't know what it is that is a problem for you, if you don't know what it is that is a temptation for, for you, if, if, I mean, if, if you can't name it, then chances are it's actually got you and you don't know it. What I'm trying to get you is to think about it, to see it, to recognize it, because it's got us, it's moving in us, it's moving us backwards, it's pulling us down, and we're not even, we don't even recognize that it's doing it. But I'm telling you again, I, I know it's a repeat, but I, I want you to leave the Lord's house this morning with this in your head. I want you to remember this one thing. That there is always something, always someone trying to pull you down, taking you away from Jesus. It's going to be something like this. You ought to act like everyone else. You ought to be. I'm going to, I'm going to end with this. There's some scriptures on our outline. We're going to look at this, but I'm going to concentrate on this thing right here. You ought to act like everyone else in culture. You ought to be like everyone else. You're weird if you don't dress like everyone else. There's something wrong with you if you don't act like it. There's something wrong with you if you don't, if you don't cuss a little bit. I know, I know I came back to that, and I'm sorry if you do. No, I'm not. You, if you don't cuss a little bit, there's something wrong with you. 
You need to be like everybody else. You need to come on down here <laughs> like everybody else. Come on down here and act like everybody. Come on, you, you see come on down here. Don't be so far up here. Come on back down. This relationship you've got with Jesus is, is pulling you up. And everybody else is going to be trying to pull you back down. Quit acting so strange. Quit acting so holier than thou. I get so sick and tired of that. Quit acting so holier than thou. When we try to act holy like Jesus, there's going to be those around us. Oh, you're trying to act like you're better than us. I know you've got to be careful about that. But I hope your goal in your Christianity is not to be like everybody else. I hope that is not your aim. You're aiming way too low. Because that is not at all what Scripture says. We are to, our aim, our destiny, if you paid attention last week, our aim, our destiny is to be like Jesus, not each other. There's never a Scripture that talks about be ye like each other. Be ye common. Be ye average. Be you. Be ye below average <laughs> like everybody else. The Bible doesn't say that. Your destiny is to be like Jesus, the Son of God. And if you, if you don't ever hear someone telling you, you're kind of acting holier than thou, then chances are you're not really doing your job. Then chances are you're not really living out your life like you're supposed to be. If you don't have somebody sometime coming along to you trying to pull you back down, it could be because you're not up there where Jesus is. It could be that, that, that you're not even trying to be like him. If people around you are shocked that you're a Christian, like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know you were. Then maybe, isn't that a a, a clue that maybe there's something that you need to get in gear, you know, to being like Jesus. There's always going to be somebody trying to pull you down. There's always somebody trying to pull you back to be like them. Okay, now, good. The scriptures, uh, just two of them, and we'll end. Colossians 1.16. We put this on the screen so often you ought to know it by heart. You were made by Jesus for Jesus, period. You were made by Jesus for Jesus. You weren't made for your friends. You weren't made for your parents. You weren't made for tradition. You weren't made for our church. You weren't made for your school. You weren't made for your friends at school. You weren't made for your teachers at school. You weren't made for anybody. I could go on and on and on. The, 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 the thing is, you weren't made for anybody but Jesus Christ. You were made by him and for him. He is the goal. We go to, go to him outside the camp. We go to him that's the title. We go for you. Go to him outside the camp. We go to him, not anyone else. There's always going to be somebody else trying to be more important to you. There's always going to be somebody else trying to be more influential to you. There's always going to be somebody trying to take Jesus' place. Always. I don't care how mature you get. I don't care where you go, what you do. There's always going to be somebody trying to take his place. That you were made by him and for him. Okay, 
Psalm 139, do this a lot too. We're going to do this in the, in the NIV. It, makes, it, it just brings it out a little bit more. Psalm 139, 13 through 18. For you are, you are created. For you, for you created, this is the psalmist talking to God. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Now, stop right there. God did not, when God created the trees, the heavens, the stars, what did he do? Spoke it, right? He spoke it. When God created man, how did he do that? He formed him. He spoke the tree into existence. He formed you. See the difference? Well, what's that mean? I don't know, but it's different, and you're different. I need you to get that. You are different and unique. You created me in in most being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So this is God forming you unlike anyone. You're like a snowflake. There's There's no two alike, and he knit you together, you. So you're not like your friends. You're not like your teachers. You're not like your pastor. You're not like other people at church. You're not like anybody. You're you. Now, everybody around you is trying to make you like them. Wouldn't you, why don't you look like me? Why don't you dress like me? I'm just going to throw this in right here. I hardly ever get to tell this, tell this story. We had a preacher in town years and years ago who had a ponytail. Okay, I'm not really into that myself, and you're glad of that, but he had a ponytail way down his back. I never said a word to him about it. He had a neighbor who hated it. Preachers shouldn't have ponytails, you know, and all that. So he had a ponytail and a big old beard, and I, and I love this. So the preacher with the ponytail and the beard was talking to the neighbor, and the neighbor says to the preacher, why don't you cut that ponytail off, shave that beard, you know. And the preacher said, if I did that, then I would look like you. And I don't want to look like you. First General Baptist Church, my job is not to look like you. My job is to look like who? Jesus. Anyway, great end of the story. The pastor drew grew the ponytail year by year and don't and he so he comes in one time and it's cut off and he's cut off, cut all his hair down. I said, what what happened to the what happened to to the to the hair? <laughs> he donated it to uh, what is it, the cancer uh, locks of love? So he grew his hair to donate it to cancer patients. And as soon as I saw that, as soon as he said that, I said, thank you, Jesus, that I never said a word to him. Those of you who are so clean cut, how much hair have you given to cancer patients? Okay. That ought to... We're not here to look like each other. We're not here to act like each other. We're here to look like Jesus and to act like him. So if you're trying so so hard to fit in with everyone else, stop it. Stop. If you're trying so hard to get everybody else to like you, stop. It doesn't work anyway. 
If you're so, trying so hard to impress, stop. Go outside the camp to Jesus only. Anyway, he knit us together in the womb, each, one, each of us individually. The second, uh, the next. Praise you because, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, woven together, knit together. Your eyes saw my unformed body in the womb. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand, which actually he knows the number of them too. When I awake, I am still with you. I'm going to ask our band to come on up. This is our prayer time. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit, not you, not anyone around you, you. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. He knows you individually. He knows you intimately because he made you and he formed you. I'm going to ask you to stand as we prepare to, to pray. Let me do this. I don't hardly pray before our invitation, I usually always pray after, but there's probably nothing wrong with me praying twice. Father, right now, that you would speak to us, only you. You made us, you know us, we are made by you and for you. I pray for that person that includes me who struggles with the temptation to be something and someone that you have not made me to be. You did not make me to talk like that. You did not make me to act like that. You did not make me to be tempted like that. You did not make me to be like that. You've made me to be like Jesus. But these other things... And these other people, by it's just gotten a hold of my mind. It's gotten a hold of my life. And I admit it to you. And I confess it to you. And I know it. And I can't ignore it. And I can't deny the truth. And so, Lord, right now, I'm going to get my life, my mind, my heart back on track. And I'm going to go to Jesus outside the camp. He's the one who made me. He's the one who formed me. I'm going to him and him alone. And I'm going to have to do this again and again. And I'm going to have to do this the rest of my life. Come back to Jesus again and again. But I need to do it right now. I confess to you, Lord, that I need to do this. I need to do this right now. I need to come and pray and just get my life focused again where I know it's supposed to be. And so I will. And so I will.
If you need to come and pray this morning and you let the Holy Spirit guide you as they play and sing, we invite you to come to an altar and pray.
Treasure you found. 